Well, hey there, folks. Before we get into today's special Two Mics, Two Furious Halloween episode, I would like to let you know that we originally did this show as a live stream video that you can go watch over on my YouTube channel. But if you have seen that video, you'll notice that my internet was especially bad that day and that it is reflected in the quality of the video. Now, I cleaned it up as best as I could for the podcast here, but there are a few cuts that I made, including our conversation about the upcoming TFCon. But I do also want to let you know that I will be at TFCon Chicago this weekend, so if you are at the Crown Plaza Chicago O'Hare Hotel and Conference Center uh, October 21st through the 23rd, and if you see me out there on the show floor, let me know. I'd love to meet you. Um, I'm also excited to announce that me and a few of my friends from the Autopod Decepticast are definitely going to be crashing the Transformers Podcasters Roundtable. That's going to be Sunday at 4.30 to close out the show. I'll have more details about where you can listen to that audio in the near future. Stay tuned. That's going to be a lot of fun. But for now, let's get on with today's show. To this uh, special uh, exhibition episode of uh, Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, but today we are two Mikes, two Furious. I am Mike, and who are and you, I'm my friend? I'm also Mike. <laughs> I am also Man, here just, as a Mike. Just like we practiced, and, and, and we are two Furious, I guess. Um, I'm not good at naming things. I never have been, but... Um, <laughs> We've been calling no, this like a working title for so long. It's almost sticking, though. It's like this might be it. We may have to do it. So uh, a little bit of backstory before we get into our discussion proper here. Um, if you see the the title, uh, we are discussing episode nine of Transformers Animated. Along came a spider, the Halloween episode. And uh, we thought since it's Halloween times, it would be a. A, a fun opportunity to to chat about it but we've been um kicking around the idea of doing a transformers animated watch through uh podcast similar to um other podcasts that that our friends do and and uh, you know we kind of wanted to uh, do our thing because um you're you're a huge fan of transformers animated it's one of your your favorite transformers things but there's also there's a, a an extra gimmick that goes with that in that it's a huge transformers blind spot for me. I haven't seen transformers animated as of this recording, as, as of this show, I have seen two episodes of TFA. Uh, one, the pilot, this, uh, this ninth episode, the, uh, the Halloween episode, um, I watched it for the very first time last night. Uh, so nice. it is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's very fresh in mind. I'm really eager to, um, really eager to discuss it. So eventually we're, we're we are going to launch, uh, uh, I guess we'll call it two mics, two furious. I don't know. Working title. Yes. Work, working title for going on three years. <laughs> 
See, that's what we call it. We call it working title for three years. Uh, but no, like right. my uh, my buddy Anthony Bricali from uh, TFU.info uh, suggested, like I don't know, like a year and a half ago. He's like, well, you know, you should you should have like fandom in the in the title somewhere. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And then I figured out and saw what it meant. I was like, okay, fine. I'll 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 come back to that. I'll 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 get with Michael Andrews because he's smart about doing titles and stuff. But enough title legislation. Yeah, <laughs> this is what like the people the want, Mike. More yes, titles, I know. <laughs> yes, yes, more legislation, more titles. How uh, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. I'm I'm glad my home's unpacked enough that I can uh, <laughs> come live and do this. And I found my microphone this morning, so uh, firing on all cylinders. I love it. Super cool. So. Um, before we kind of talk about the episode, and we're, we're going to talk about this uh, this episode uh, relatively extensively, could you talk a little bit your um, affection for Transformers Animated? Like, why? what is it about TFA that really gets your motor running? Yeah, well, I think, uh, for I mean, right off the bat, it came out hot on the heels of the Transformers movie, live action movie, 2007. Um, and I think that was like the height, like the re-inspiring height of my Transformers fandom. Like that's the, the movie is what got me back into Transformers really. Um, after, well, technically it was Transformers Armada and then I dipped off the radar a little bit again. And then the movie got me back in big time. Um, so I think that's what it was initially. Um, and then just the fact that like Transformers Animated does this crazy thing where it sort of like snubs its nose at the original property, but also pays like loving care to it. Like they flip all the characters and, uh, you know, kind of like the stereotypes of them uh, on their ear. But then they also just like pay this loving respect to the original cast and i just think that's so cool and 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 you can kind of see that reflected in fandom because uh it's kind of you know i hate to say universal but it's almost universally loved i mean it's uh it's really liked by everyone whether you're like hard school g1er or you know kind of a new face to the to the show so i i think that's to me it was just something that was kind of like right on the cusp of being edgy, you know, as you know, I like the Transformers movie a lot. So like something that sort of like, you know, stuck its tongue out at the original thing and freshened it up was, was a big deal for me. Plus just to throw in, it was hand drawn. Like that animation style is, you know, that was one of the last things that was like, you know, Transformers that was like not computer generated. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's interesting because like, uh, uh, two things on that, uh, one, I, I think I, I agree with you that that TFA is is mostly universally loved, but I also think it was ahead of its time um, because like I, I think folks didn't know what to do with it. Like, for example, I didn't know what to do with it. Like it was it was a hard pass for me. <laughs> I Disney hand drawn style, and I just noped right out. Like I think um, I saw like a trailer or something, or saw like watching the uh, the characters actually transform, where they do like the the Tasmanian devil spin around. Yeah, I was gonna just say like, like the Tom and Jerry getting in a tussle situation. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, well, this isn't for me, and and I I didn't even give it a shot, and I'm kind of regretful of that. Now, 
even so, though, I think if I had watched it at the time, I think I would have been equally sour on it. But I think what makes it so uh, universally loved now is that it is brave and bold and exciting and does all this crazy stuff like like in the episode we're about to talk about here it takes some some traditional g1 stuff and it just throws it right in its face and even takes like beast wars lore and kind of throws it in that fa- i mean it's like that that is brave when you can sling mud in two different fandoms at the same time and i was just like i like this um <laughs> yeah so yeah well like, it, like that, they, that's if, sort if of the, a theme uh it sort of goes on to do that and sort of it you know by if you get to the end of the series it takes from every transformer property like it's wild i i can't give you any spoilers or examples at this point but yeah they they take from everything right which is why we're going to do a whole damn podcast about it at at a at some point <laughs> so yeah so we thought that this would just kind of be like a a fun soft pilot kind of proof of concept type of thing just to see you know how we like uh, uh talking about these episodes how you like us talking about these episodes um yeah just hit us up on on socials and let us know what you think and um what uh potentially you'd be looking forward to in a in a, a transformers animated uh, a fandom discussion uh uh type of thing but i guess uh, one more thing i want to want to cover before we kind of dive into the 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 meat of the episode is that um, we're doing this specifically this week to capitalize on Halloween times. I mean, obviously that's, it's the transformers Halloween episode. And incidentally, is this the only transformers Halloween episode? Are there like other instances? Like, I mean, obviously I don't think there, there, there was a G one episode, but um, yeah, I was going to say at least of, of this series, it's the only Halloween episode. They never kind of went back to that, uh, jumping in on that, but uh, yeah, I can't think of anything that's like, ex, you know, explicitly Halloween. A lot of the themes of the show got a little darker and they didn't, you know, always lend themselves to a, to a Halloween inspired episode. This one was like, just bordering on the edge of silly, like Transformers animated was just bordering on the edge of silly enough to, to allow that. Mm-hmm. And personally, yeah. I love Halloween specials of any type. So like, this is a big, this is a big win in my book, this episode. So this is pretty high in your rotation of, of this time of year type of stuff, right? Yeah. I was going to say when you watched it for the first time last night, last night was probably like at least the 15th time, probably 20th time, because I try to watch it every year around Halloween, at least, you know, that one episode. I do have sort of a, you know, kind of a schedule of things. I don't know if that's normal for people or not, but I also like to watch the um, pumpkin wrapper episode of Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. There happens to be one episode where the villains like a jack-o'-lantern themed. Yeah, yeah. As yeah, you can Angel see. Grove represent <laughs> this Transformers podcast. I wore all my Power Ranger gear. Uh, but yeah, that at, I like least, to watch at least a lot. it's Hasbro. I mean, I have <laughs> yeah, no excuse yeah. with my X Men shirt, but whatever. I feel like there's some connective tissue between like Transformers and Power Ranger fans, so it's it's allowed. There's big robots. Um, but yeah, I like to watch that a lot. Uh, I don't know about series. Like, I like to watch the Halloween uh, specials of shows. Like, I like to line up all the Office Halloweens and like you know the Parks and Rec Halloween stuff like that. Um, but every Halloween, at least since the movie came out, every Halloween night, I end the night by watching Trick or Treat, which I think is the greatest of all Halloween movies. 
I don't know if I agree with that, but I, I think that's a, um, I, I would say that trick or treat is very underrated. So yes. I'll, uh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll meet you halfway. Um, all right. So, so enough grab ass let's pop into this. So this is, this is, um, uh, season one, episode nine, um, along came a spider originally aired on February 16th of 2008. So nowhere near, um, uh, Halloween times, but, um, ironically enough, probably by the time we get to it in our podcast proper, it'll <laughs> probably also be, uh, not Halloween times. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> Um, let's, let's start with Michael Andrews and, um, let's talk about what this episode means to you, why it's special and, uh, just kind of, kind of get, get, a get, uh, knuckle deep in those, in those feels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually just the way you phrased that, why it's special. I thought of Derek Wyatt, uh, the artist we lost not too long ago. And this is like one of his babies. I, I am obsessed with his art style and and this show is just showcasing I think it's the craziest pairing right of of Derek Wyatt and Transformers like two things that you know should not exist together but but made something beautiful um but also uh, what I really like about this episode and the show in general is a lot of it's written by Marty Eisenberg who I mean I don't want to get too in the weeds of like who plays who and who writes what but Marty Eisenberg is like a powerhouse of cartoon writing. He's done some great stuff. And I think he brought like a level of uh, continuity and like overarching storyline to the whole show, which really made this a lot more special. I mean, uh, you of course get the sort of like each week is a new adventure thing, but uh, you also get like this sort of, you know, really a lot more epic and characterization than you'd, you'd expect from a cartoon. Um, and frankly, I think this one's cool because uh, it's like I said earlier, it's a Halloween episode. Like it starts with a bang. It starts with Halloween stuff right away. You know what you're getting into. You know, there's going to be trick or treating later. Like that's what I like in a Halloween episode. Uh, kind of relating it to like my real life and how I feel about watching stuff on Halloween. I like to watch movies and shows around this time of year that take place on Halloween. I don't like to just watch scary movies that are just scary for the sake of being scary. Like I want there to be an actual timely Halloween, October 31st tie in. And we get that in this episode. Very cool. Uh, so, yeah. So with, uh, with me, I, you know, as I had already said that this was uh, my first time watching the episode um, and I didn't realize until it kind of, got moving that I realized that this was such an iconic episode, like in terms of the, the reveals. Now yeah. the, the, the thing about being part of the transformers fandom is that there are some things that you just kind of intrinsically know in, in terms of like uh, fates of, of certain characters. Uh, but you don't necessarily know uh, the journey. So like in, in um, I, I, again, uh, the, the example I can bring up is that everybody knows that Optimus Prime dies in Transformers, the movie. Well, I mean, obviously Optimus Prime dies in every continuity ever. It's, it's, it's a straight up trope at this point, but 
it's one of those things where it's not necessarily a spoiler or a surprise, but still watching the events as they play out. My point being is that I, once I, I knew which episode this was, I was like, Oh, this is where we find out that, um, that Alita one is, uh, is black arachnia or, 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 vice versa um i i knew that from like a you know like a transformers the basics episode or or just just general uh fandom shorthand but i didn't really know how it happened or why it happened or so so it's interesting and i it it reminds me of why i get annoyed with like some of like the marvel mcu stands that kind of come out of the woodwork sometimes trying to like sharpshoot you on twitter about things that they think they know from the comics but it turns out it's just something that they read on a wiki um if, <laughs> if, if, if it, it, that, that kind of like weird um uh i don't know if it's reverse gatekeeping or or whatever it is but like <laughs> i've i've I, i've had folks get in my mentions it's like well actually and it's like you fetus you don't know what you're even talking about it's like you you didn't read those comics you just read a darn wiki go away um that that (laughs) kind of thing um but no so so like i knew um black arachnia's true identity but i had no idea the the entirety of the story that um uh that came with it and i will also put that since i have not watched these episodes i don't know what happens from here um right. if if anything and don't tell me but uh but so so it's it's kind of it, it's interesting to watch this 22 minute episode as a singular thing because i don't know what kind of lead up um uh what kind of lead up there was up to this episode um and i don't know what happens after so i i only have this little bit of information to work with but i um i i thought i thought it was a really great episode i liked having a halloween celebration as as a framing device for uh for the flashbacks like obviously you have um uh, sorry, and the Autobots, you know, getting ready to um, uh, celebrate Halloween. I, I love the figure out which uh, which pumpkin to choose, and it's like that that one's <laughs> that one's too weird, that one's too normal, that one's too round, and and the one that she settles on was was just right. And then, um, of course, Bulkhead being Bulkhead, he's uh, he's very helpful. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Um, oh, that's yeah. another great thing about this show is Bulkhead in general. Like, I he's he's one of my favorite additions to the canon of Transformers, and he came from this show. Um, so that's a that's a biggie for me. Yeah, you know, and and my initial impressions of bulkhead because i've i've only seen him twice in in these uh in these two episodes and he doesn't strike me as dumb specifically 
but I mean, th- there's an inherent sweetness to him, but I think it's like, you know, when he like squishes the pumpkin, it's like, he just literally doesn't know his own strength because he's a giant robot and doesn't know how to deal with these squishy organics. So it's, right. it's like a learning curve, but I, I don't necessarily take him as like, you know, like, like a dullard, that, that type of thing. I don't know. Right. Right. Well, actually I was going to ask you since we were kind of talking about, uh, you know, offline, we were talking about Firefly a little bit. So when you say you've seen the first episode of this show, because there's like the, the original three episodes that were kind of like an origin story movie for the show. And then for years you had to buy that, like on a separate disc outside of season one. So when you say you've seen the first episode, did you see like the very start of the show, you know, the, when they were still sort of like grunt workers, uh, back on Cybertron? Yeah, it's start it, so it starts off with like the the uh propaganda flashback which is yeah, basically yeah. like part of uh G1 basically. Right, right, and, right, right. And then it's then it's uh uh Optimus and the crew working on the space bridge. Yeah. And what so then, else happens? Then it goes that? through like two other arcs and then it you know, it ends with them on Earth and their first big adventure on Earth. So have you at least seen like See, Sorry I, before this episode? Uh, I don't think so. I was kind of asking because, uh, you, when you mentioned, sorry, you kind of brought her up, uh, sort of warmly. And I, and I was curious if this was like the first time you're seeing her and having that impression, or if you kind of had, you know, you kind of know who she is from the, from the pilot pilots. Yeah. I, I think this is actually my first, uh, real actual interaction with her because, Cause yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, uh, season one, episode two, transform and roll out exclamation point part two. Uh, sorry, discovers the Autobots and the all spark. And I don't think I've seen this hmm, now, that I'm, now that I'm looking at it. So technically I've only seen the first third of the first episode then. So okay, yeah, it was, okay. it was literally gotcha. just transform and roll out exclamation point part one. That's all I've seen. So yeah. So I don't think I even saw sorry in that, in that episode, but sure. again, through, through fandom stuff, I know who she is. Like I, I know that the, you know, uh, the key around her neck is, is like a piece of the all spark or, or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and even, even like, I know somewhat about the, the truth about her or what happens to her and things like that. But like, but in not any kind of detail, like it's sometimes like when you have like spoilers without context, it does. Mm-hmm. It's so abstract. So like, so the stuff that I know about what happens to sorry is so abstract to me. I don't, I don't even know what it is. Yeah, so like, like how you get I, there. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's like once, once I get there, it'll probably make sense. But now it's just like, Oh, well that's, it's just something Chris McFeely said in a, in a video. So sure. Sure. Yeah. Well actually a couple things. things. Uh, one, this, this episode in particular is sort of, is sort of very um, foreshadowing of, of what's to become of sorry uh, oh. in a lot of ways. And, and two, um, I guess since we're still talking about the intro of the show and you see sorry right away. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of her as, as the, you know, the human component of the show that is so, so often maligned in the transformers fandom. Uh, what do you think of this, this uh, human element to, to the show? Well, I, un- unlike a, a lot of my friends, I actually think that humans are 
integral to the story of the transformers or at least earthbound transformers yes. i mean you could you could do cybertron stuff and and things like that like um like i think that folks that well no i don't want to malign anybody but like you know i I don't agree with the take of like, oh, I'd like an entire movie of the opening sequence of the Bumblebee movie. Yeah. I don't need, yeah. I don't need that. I don't, Same. I, I don't, I don't really want that. Um, I mean, like it would, it would, it, it could be cool, but I think for like a compelling transformer story, I think you need the human element to keep things grounded and certainly to give a sense of scale. Like we, we talked about this a lot when uh, we all got together on Autopod Decepticast. One of the iconic of me uh, for me from that movie is when the Autobots reveal themselves to Sam and Michaela. Now, if they're all just transformers, if they're all just robots, that moment has no uh, significance or relevance or grounding because there's no humans for the robots to tower over. So right. I think that having, having squishy humans around one gives the Autobots somebody to protect and it gives them somebody to interact with. Like I I'm reminded of um, like more than meets the eye part one, when like hound is driving spike around and he's like got all these questions about, about the earth and it's like, Oh, yeah. it's, you know, it's strange and unique. And well, yeah, the fish it, out of water, if I can jump in the fish out of water element uh, to me is one of the most fun things about transformers. You know, I kind of like the, we don't know what we're doing here exactly on earth. Um, we do happen to speak English right off the bat, but we also don't know anything about uh, where we've landed here. Right. But I, I, I think, I think, without the human element um ouch we we, re, we do really need it and i yeah. think we can kind of see that in the netflix series because the netflix series uh trilogy it's pretty cool i mean i think people kind of like it but they're not still talking about it right um there's there's like a, there's something missing there i think it's just it's all bots in space all the time you lose a little bit of relatability yeah i I, I agree. And I think I'll go even further with with that take and say, like, if um, if if you want a whole movie of that Bumblebee opening sequence, go watch the Netflix show, because that's what that's yeah. what you're getting pretty much. Um, I was also going to say I, I really like sorry. Um, she she. You know, she could be kind of a throwaway character, but they end up doing like a lot with her and she is really silly and and she has kind of got that, you know, that little cartoon character, fairly odd parents type voice. But uh, she 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 packs a big punch. And one of the things I really like about her skipping ahead just a little bit, but maybe that's necessary. Um, we we see her in her Optimus Prime costume a little bit later. And not only is that adorable, um, for two, it really plays into like kind of the finale of the episode and, and meeting up with Black Arachnia. But it also um, it's something that we see throughout the show. She sort of even though she's always hanging out with like Bumblebee and Bulkhead more than the other characters, she has this like love and respect for Optimus um, that really plays a huge uh, part in the I think it's at least the finale of season one. Yeah, I 
I, and again, jumping ahead as well, I, I I really enjoyed that moment. Like when she when she comes out and she's even like cutting on him too. It's just like it's <laughs> yeah. like I don't sound like that. And uh, right. David Kay as this version of Optimus, uh-huh. my God, he's 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 incredible. I really enjoy uh, this take on the character because, yeah. like you know, we we've talked about the Optimus Prime <laughs> character in so many other contexts. Um, I I've. I've said in other places that I don't necessarily care for um, inexperienced Optimus. It's like, you know, an Optimus racked with self-doubt and things like that. I'm like, I'm like, that's what you have hot rod for that. That's, that's what you have Rodimus prime for get this stuff out of my Optimus. But this is not that this is um, he's actual, he's actually the best of, transformers right he's sort of like a like a like a soldier sort of i don't know honorably or dishonorably discharged um he's still at the top of his game but he he's kind of been knocked down uh, a few ranks yeah yeah kind kind of a a humbled optimus but he can he can still turn it on like he chooses violence often like that, yeah. like that, that, yeah. uh, that he, uh, he, he dices that, that, um, that stuffed spider with the quickness. Um, right, right. so he can, he, he can turn on the murder jets real quick. Yeah. Well, and that's something I want to bring up too, because another thing I love about transformers animated in general is that all their weapon, like the fact that they have weapons, it's not just like laser blasters and, and guns all the time. Like each yeah. of them have sort of a special handheld combat weapon that's, you know, worked into their transformation and their alt mode, but also has mm-hmm. like a cool ability. Like, you know, I don't think you see, I don't think you even see Prowl in this episode, but he's got no. like nunchucks that are, uh, you know, like, yeah. Or no, he's got throwing stars jazz that you see later in the series. He's got like nunchucks that are made out of his like tailpipes. So oh, I don't know. I just awesome. think stuff like that is pretty cool. And then the toys actually did that where they like hit him into the, to the transformation. See, I I love when you can in- integrate things from the toys, and it goes back and forth oh. between the animation. And I I think I think that's something that that's missing. Like you know the the uh, War for Cybertron toys told a completely different story than what and was a different story than what IDW two was doing. And it's yeah. like I don't know. I mean I I I, I guess I would like to see whatever like the future uh transformers media is maybe it's like whatever is beyond earth spark or whatever like the new comics publisher will be something where things are kind of like um uh more cohesive not i it, i guess that's what they tried to do with the aligned continuity but i guess i don't know do it better um I, I i don't really know what to say about that but like i i don't know i just like i i just remember seeing like some of those fan first fridays live streams and like they would be talking about like the the story of like the exclusives it's like oh yeah you know and uh ratchet and and ratchet goes off to paradron and does all these adventures and and this is what you know puffer and road ranger are up to and i'm just like Give me some of that media because it sounds like for like the the Hasbro marketing folks, they've come up with a, their own story that just isn't available anywhere. And I've just 
thought it's yeah. like, well, you have comic books, you have shows. It's like, why is there no fiction attached to whatever fiction they've created for the toys? I, yeah. I guess I'm just saying like, I, I would like the media to connect with the toys kind of like what they do in a, uh, in TFA. That's long way of saying that, but yeah, we got there. We got there. We yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I'm coming in for a landing. I can, I can stick this. I can stick this landing, but back to the, I mean, back to like the, the, what I love about this episode, the Halloween component, um, it checks like this episode in particular checks a lot of boxes for me. It's a Halloween story, which I've mentioned. I love. It's also a flashback story, which is a trope that I love in just about anything when you kind of get those those interspersed flashbacks and it's sort of telling a a story you know it's switching chapters right it's like go back i want to know what happens um it's doing that plus it's a little bit of a of a love story uh yeah sort of kind of and um it's it's sort of uh, got a heist caper vibe to it too because you know in the flashbacks they're sort of like raiding this old decepticon ship so it's kind of got all those elements in one. So I think it's a really strong episode just outside of, you know, the series as a whole. Yeah, I, I you know, I almost forgot about the heist element. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's why they're on on that that planet and in that ship and all that. I forgot about all that. So right. so let's so let's let's kind of uh, um, uh, break down some of this stuff. So yeah. uh, so Optimus sees the and that that triggers the the first flashback. It seems like he's got this phobia of uh, uh, spiders. And it is just kind of funny because it is it is just straight up black arachnia looking spider. I mean, because so and th- and that's what I mean. So like even for like a first time viewer, I clocked that. I was like, oh, this yeah. is the black arachnia episode. Okay, cool. Nod there. Got yeah. it. Got it. And even then, when you meet uh, Optimus and Sentinel and Alita. Um, it's interesting, and again, thinking about things from like a toyetic standpoint, it, it you can tell that the the character design of Alita is basically a pre-tool of uh, of Black Arachnia. So I mean, you know, yeah. she, she's got like got like the 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 larger trunk, a uh, very similar body type, and a lot of like the same bits. Like um, you have you have a um, a lot of TFA toys. Like did they did they make a figure of this version of Alita? So of a of no they didn't do I th- either someone made a custom one or there was I actually don't remember either there was a prototype made or something um but but there is kind of like a model of one floating around online but I can't remember if it's official or not I really wish they uh, would have because it'd be awesome it'd also be so expensive that I'd probably never find it but yeah it'd be <laughs> it'd be really cool to have you know. Uh, well, she's she's great in this episode and she's a really cool character design alita one um and i love her sort of like rogue power where she can like download other bots powers um that's pretty cool that's that's a nice little nod and then also another box this checks for me it's not as grand and storytelling wise but i love sentinel prime uh i know he's kind of like the asshole of the show but he's such a cool design that I just I'm I'm so excited to get any any content with him in it. That's a man. So so a couple other things to uh, go off there. I I didn't piece it together that it's uh that it's rogue. You know, like like the oh, the yeah. absor- the absorbing power because like yeah. um 
it, it's it's interesting because like the 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 first few times it's like sentinel says it and optimus says it um they're like use your power use your power or, or she's like okay well i'm going to use my power here and i'm like what is she? and it isn't until like she does it a few times it was when she like pops up with uh optimus's uh, uh grapple gun uh, emulate and duplicate other autobots powers because like th there's the whole contention of like oh, you know my power doesn't work on organics but it was yeah. like what i what i love is that it doesn't hold your hand and explain everything. Like I, I delighted in having to actually watch the episode and figure things out through context where it's like, Oh, that's what her power is. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, yeah. They just keep calling it that. It's like, Oh, okay. Well I'll use my power, you know, my power, this, my power, that. Well, not to keep tooting Marty Eisenberg's horn, but that's something he's really good at. Like, uh, I think a lot of, cartoons now have kind of well they've definitely gone to like a shorter episode length but a lot of shows have lost that sort of like you know don't talk down to the viewer um don't just hit them over the head with a hammer of everything you want to do right away there is sort of this unpacking element to the to this series in general that's a lot of fun mm -hmm. yeah absolutely this flashback uh oh it it's the three of them it's optimus and sentinel and alita and so um because i i think that that's how they refer to each other you know optimus and sentinel yeah are either are either of them prime at this point like is it is is sentinel uh, sentinel prime or no. or is that is, i don't know if that's a spoiler or not but like, yeah i don't know and i don't know if it's a spoiler or not either um i can't remember if they've kind of used that sort of loosely or or what i know yeah i think i think maybe they are i think maybe i mean this is totally without looking up anything i think that'll sure, be the yeah, fun yeah. of this but uh -huh, i think uh -huh. i think prime is sort of like a like not as high of a delegation as it is in the other continuity um because uh maybe this is a little bit of a spoiler okay. later on we see ultra magnus and the Magnus is actually the mm -hmm. highest like ranking title. So I think it would, I don't know if they do say prime in this, but I feel like it wouldn't be wrong if they did like likely okay, Sentinel gotcha. prime is also a prime. Got it. So it, it's, yeah. So it could be something like it's a, it's a lower ranked designation. So, so yeah. it stands to reason that either or both could be, prime at, right. at this point it's, it's more of a rank than a title yeah um, yeah and and um, another spoiler alert why i love the series so much is because there's it does make ultra magnus like the best bot in the biz and you know i'm a huge <laughs> ultra magnus fan so having him having the magnus actually be like a rank is really cool that sounds super metal the magnus man, 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 yeah. man, man. <laughs> I, I love it that's that that's that's super rad um i also want to talk about the dynamic between these three characters so in this continuity and obviously never seen um alita before um i i i want to talk about and ask about the dynamic a little bit because like it their dynamic strikes me as almost kind of a hot rod springer rc situation like you know in in more traditional continuity you know alita is more paired with optimus you know and and um but here based upon how upset he is it almost seems like he's i either there together or he's uh um 
fixated on her or something. Sentinel seems way more upset than Optimus does when uh, Optimus says that they they need to that they need to leave. They need to um, uh, leave Alita behind because you know they they can't detect her um, her um, uh, life spark or life essence or whatever whatever yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, I think uh, so. This episode is really interesting because it sort of uh, answers a lot of questions that you get from the pilot, right? Because mm. if, I don't know if you remember, but in the pilot episode, there is a Sentinel cameo because when they first spot the Decepticon ship and all that stuff, uh, Optimus radios back and gets Sentinel on the horn and Sentinel's like, you know, just doing his shtick, like I hate you, Optimus, sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then Optimus has that great moment where he's like, he's like, bring up footage from the, you know, the hold of our ship where they have the all spark, and Sentinel has like his holy shit moment. I'll call Ultra Magnus. Um, but but this this episode sort of answers like where that falling out happened. But before because before that, I mean, their dynamic is like, you know, he's kind of the the buddy that you're like, I don't want to get together with all the time and probably gets you in trouble at the bar sometimes. But, uh, you know, they're they're friends. They're all friends. They're a little trio. And this is what and this is what happens not only to to break up that friendship, but I, if I'm not mistaken, this is also the incident that gets um, Optimus kicked out of like the uh, Autobot Corps or whatever it is. Right. The the uh oh what are they called in this? It's like the elite elite guard. And I don't I, I'm trying to remember because again I just I watched it once and I watched it last night. I don't know if that's as explicitly mentioned or if that just kind of stands to reason. I, I'm I'm not certain. But yeah, I think they get like, into it more later, but this is like the first inkling, like, oh, something went down with them. That's why they have this sort of and I think that's so cool to like to, to show that they have this tension between each other in the very first m- few minutes of the pilot episode. And then almost yeah. to the end of the season, we're finally getting like a little bit more of an answer. Like that's kind of that sort of overarching storytelling that we don't normally get in, in cartoons, at least now. Yeah. And, and I, I, again, have to admire so much the, economical storytelling i mean it's like this does a lot in a very short amount of time and the the 22 minutes goes by so fast and so much happens but it doesn't feel rushed it doesn't feel like uh again you know we, we talked about that netflix series it's like it feels like they're trying to cram 12 episodes of plot into a six episode bag whereas this feels perfect in that like you know the the sense of dread and to feel the story unfolding but then it it you go back to the present time where you have this uh, uh looming threat of black arachnia but then you also have just a uh, just standard um uh halloween shenanigans like yeah. i i i love <laughs> Well, I, I love Bumblebee's outfit as uh, as Count Dracubot. Yeah, um, that, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's like if somebody hasn't made a figure of that, like you know, you just get like a Dracula cape and just do some paint apps for uh, right, for the right. teeth. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I I like the the vocal performance there, but again, just um, I understand why people like Bulkhead so much because like he he rolls up. <laughs> His and, costumes and, the best yes the best uh, so like but like because of the the way it was styled and colored i thought it was a circus tent so it wasn't it wasn't until like oh the, yeah 
until sorry breaks it down for him it's like no buddy that's a fumigation tent and yeah. i like like almost like 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 pig pen the, i was gonna uh, the, say the pig pen they own the little dirt particles coming off of yeah. for the rest of the episode and and presumably it's just raining bugs out of out of yeah. him all yeah you know, right. so, so it's a pig pen cloud and i'm sure if they they did another cutaway shot there would still be like roaches and stuff like falling yeah. uh falling yeah, out exactly. of the tent which uh um but no i so so i like that it it it, it goes back and forth but um we've seen that optimus has this um, irrational fear of spiders and and everybody's uh picking on him about that um uh you you get well, first you get of all the, i don't think there's such a thing as an irrational fear of spiders they are yeah, very scary enough. everyone has the right to be rationally afraid of spiders maybe, maybe disproportionate is uh yeah, is, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. A, is a better way to describe it go. because <laughs> because again it's like anytime he sees a uh spider it triggers the uh flashback it like you know he has a, he has a very has a very uh intense visceral reaction to it yeah and they have this great moment um where when they first kind of spot maybe i'm skipping around a little bit but when, when they have that great moment of like um uh bumblebee sees the giant spider for the first time and you're kind of something's going on and then you find out that optimus has been like listening in <laughs> i love that oh, and he's yeah. like have you been listening to this the whole time and then that's such a great moment because not only it's as funny but you're like uh optimus is sort of like i was right something's up this isn't just a weird night where i'm remembering you know things something's up and he like rolls out and joins them like i i, I really like that moment and, and then um Again, a great animation gag where you have Bumblebee zipping all over uh, uh, Bulkhead's just just massive size. And I, I like what you can do with with uh, Bumblebee being such a, a small character and Bulkhead being such a large character. You can play around with that. And yeah. I thought that was that was really fun. And I think it's, it's little moments like that that, again, kind of... Um, indicate to me why folks think this series is so special because you can't you can't do stuff like that in in a netflix show you know just just little yeah. bits of visual humor and yeah. it's i mean and and it's fun and there's um because you have those levity. cgi models right you can only do so much with them they're sort of you know yeah, they're I, really taking up space in their virtual environment and you can't do everything that you can do with hand-drawn to the point where they literally can't transform there there's <laughs> there's i mean that's i mean it, it's it's so frustrating as an audience member to hear the creators of the show saying yeah there isn't a lot of transforming in there because it would be too expensive to animate that model transforming yeah. it's like it's it's literally the the thing they're supposed to do it's kind of kind of like you had one job yeah and yeah and what i think is crazy about transformers animated is like you look at the character designs and you're like no way can this be a toy ever this can never be a toy and then they have an incredible toy line and the animation or the transformations do work kind of like you know how you see on the show and it's wild i never would have thought they could have like a faithful screen accurate car mode and robot mode in the same toy from this show 
And they do. They do. They have tons of them. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy because like for like how stylized the the character designs are, it's like, how how are you going to make that into a truck? And, yeah. and yet it, it it works. It's it's um, it's pretty spectacular. The uh, yeah. uh, the the trick that they were um, they were able to pull off there. Um, so. I uh, one thing I wanted to pop back to for just a sec because I think it was I, I forget in which flashback it was, but it was where um, it's like earlier on when they see like the um, the store of Energon cubes, and I'm like, hey, oh, yeah. Energon cubes, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. And I'm like, yeah, t- yeah, t- toss something my way, but like when the uh, the hatchlings start to come out of the eggs and they're, they're getting oh, yeah. overrun. I Full aliens literally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, they, 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 uh, you know, spawn the same way. And, and, uh, there, there's even like some similar sound is the same sound that the predator makes, you know, very, very, very similar. Totally. Um, but one of the things that I clocked and I, I don't know the, um, implications of, the mythology of it but at one point when optimus and alita are are fighting these spiders you see the black arachnia helmet sitting on the floor of the cave yeah and i saw that and and again i knew basically once i knew what was going to happen i knew what had happened but i i still don't know if i understood what the significance was of seeing that and then how that ends up happening and she fully uh transforms into uh black arachnia i wonder if she's like because you know when, when she tries to use the all spark on herself to purge the the um organic, organic matter I, yeah 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 and and it doesn't work because it's so intertwined into her being now that you know she can't live without which is uh, a heartbreaking moment by the way like oh yeah suddenly she's not the bad guy anymore and you're just like oh bummer like bummer (laughs) i you know i i got a thing for sympathetic villains in a in an animated series i think the uh the the batman animated series version of mr freeze has probably got to be like in in my top tier of uh favorite characters that 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 specific version especially with like that that vocal delivery from michael and sarah it's just like it's both menacing and heart-wrenching at the same time and there's another um, there's another character coming up in this show that you'll probably like a lot then i won't give much more away than that but uh awesome yeah there's a a little nod to that i love a tragic villain i love a misunderstood villain but i i really like this version of uh black arachnia because there are hints and elements of kind of like the more femme fatale version that we got in beast wars like Mm -hmm. uh, certainly in her vocal delivery it's it's very um uh there's a sultriness to it there there's a there's a dare i say sexiness to it like a like a seductiveness to it when she's talking to um optimus but when you step back a little bit it's almost like it's like the black arachnia persona is something that this verbal 
steps into um, because yes. you see you see her shift and change a few times and then obviously with the uh the the straight up batman returns ending like you know it's like you see the moon and she, i'm like oh that's batman yeah. returns it's so awesome so it's like i i love that they're kind of establishing this uh this batman catwoman type of dichotomy between uh, absolutely Opto- absolutely yeah and i love like to your point, yeah, the the black arachnia sort of uh, you know character just drops off of her when she's having her like the transformations not working thing, and then you see that moment of Alita one again, and it's like, oh yes, this this voice actor really is playing like two characters in one, um, and that's really cool that they that they went there, and this is also you know another uh, another like more evidence for great writing because you have. It's definitely a nod back to um, Black Arachnia. Black, Black Arachnia being in Beast Wars, sort of like a, like a, not really, not really in the Decepticon cause, right? Like she, or I guess you know it was um, Predacon then, but but in this, she's she's sort of just like along for the ride because she has to, right? Like she got turned into this thing. Um, you brought up the helmet, which I think is cool because i didn't actually notice until this viewing that they showed that even though it's like so obvious i was like oh i never noticed that it was on the floor of the decepticon ship so she's sort of picking up this mantle of a decepticon um but not actually being a decepticon and that maybe almost has like a like a mandalorian vibe too if you want to go there yeah yeah Totally. And in like, I am incredulous about it. It's like, oh, you threw in with them, you know, pointing to her uh, Decepticon symbol. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, well, what else am I supposed to do? They, they accept. Yeah. And you left me, right? Like, right. What was she, what literally, what could she have done? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where like, there's enough uh, dramatic weight for like, you you understand where all of the characters are coming from. Effective. It's like well, we're getting overrun. Uh, we can't detect her life essence or life spark. We need to get out of here. And Sentinel's like, yeah. well, no, we have to go back. It's like, well, but we can't. So you understand where they're coming from. But likewise, yeah. you you totally understand where where Alita slash uh, Black Arachnia is coming from because yeah, I mean they they abandoned her and and she you know has has literally a super villain origin story um yeah and 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 that and that's something i like too and you don't see that a lot in more traditional transformers fiction you don't you don't necessarily see like actual super villains with like you know marvel super villain stories like oh no i got doused with a vat of chemicals or something like that so it's like you know black arachnia has the this really cool super villain story with with a uh, um, a, a dash of uh, tragic backstory on top of it, but then also a little bit of empowerment where, like you said, you know, she, she puts on the helmet and takes on the, uh, the identity, the mantle of yeah. black arachnia and, and throws in with the, the Decepticons. I mean, it's like, so for me, it's just like, it's thumbs up all the way. It's like, I, I really enjoyed that uh, movement of, of the plot but then you also get uh, kind of get some real stakes here because like you could see that it's having very real consequences, not just on the environment. And I, I love how they just rolled that out gradually. It's like, you know, you don't 
like you see the 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 genesis wave coming out but you don't really yeah. entirely have a handle on what it's doing like you know you see like leaves changing color it's like you know, what's actually happening it's not until you cut back to uh to sorry that you really understand the consequences of uh of what's going on and I think that's, you know, to our point earlier, I think this is why you need humans in Transformers, because like it's really not until um the uh the rescue of sorry that you really kind of you know see that Yeah. And I think uh well it's so silly to me when people kind of like scoff at the human element because the human element is at the core of like what Optimus Prime's character has always been. The sort of freedom is the right of all sentient beings. He's the defender of whatever planet he's on, that sort of thing that like you, you kind of need that, that, that sort of element of Optimus, uh, it makes him really interesting. Like he will sacrifice, you know, himself and, and, you know, even, even in the movies, which obviously you're not a big fan of, but like, he's, he's very, he, he puts, uh, earth first when you're, when you're putting, you yeah. know, w- there's a chance that Cybertron could come back and, and he puts it on the line because he's like, well, we can't just pick, we can't just pick Cybertron over earth. And I don't think a lot of people would make that same choice. I mean, how many movies in American cinema are all just about like, you know, well, earth first, I mean, earth is the most important thing. Like, to have a character that's not putting Cybertron first, um, crazy, crazy uh, leadership. And so to so to not have that play off of like, well, putting him on another planet with another species and, and you know, but who is Optimus then, really? Right. I, and and like you said, that, that's been part of the DNA and pretty much every iteration from Jump. Yeah, you know, we, we have playbook. to protect the humans. I mean, I mean, even in the IDW comic books, like in IDW one at the tail end of that, he annexes Earth for its protection. He even literally says, like in, in the live action movie a number of times, we have to protect the humans. So, right. yeah, I mean, I, I I like that that's true to that. Um, sure. And so talking about the, um, the Sari's transformation or like the, the, I don't know, the aging Ray or whatever you want to call it. That's cool for a couple of reasons. One, like you said, it shows like the real, uh, you know, ramifications of this war on this planet, but also it, it's another moment to put like a throwback or a nod to transform or it's not transformers like horror movies in general. Right. We got a little, uh, split second of like an aliens type thing with the spiders eggs hatching. And now we're getting sort of like a zombie, like corpse type of a thing that's happening. So they are, they are sort of smartly putting little like horror Halloween elements into this Halloween episode. Um, But at the same time, this is a crucial episode. This answers a lot of questions from the first episode. It sets up one of the main villains. It could have just been a throwaway trick or treating type thing. And instead we're getting like a really meaty story out of the Halloween special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, but you also get that as well. Like, you know, you get the zany costumes, you, you get the, yeah. the, the, the payoff of, of the trick or treating and stuff like that too. Right, and, right. and again, you know, uh, again, bouncing back and forth, you get, um, you know, sorry's Optimus costume. And I mean, yeah. again, what, what, what a fun moment. And uh, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but like, 
it it it, um, it it knocked me out of my seat when sorry says uh in in a mocking optimist voice you know transform and roll out first of yeah. all because like one that's the line but i was like wait a sec is this not in the era when we can't be saying that anymore um because like oh. well and, and, and i mean i i guess to 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 speak on that briefly um you know, it, it's almost become like a joke, a meme almost in, in the fandom where, you know, basically Hasbro has tried to um, have folks that make media kind of move away from transform as a verb, thinking that mm. it it weakens the brand. So mm. you, you lose stuff like transform and roll out. And I. I remember a notorious being pedantic about the dumbest things, but like I, I remember watching that 2007 movie and uh, you know, Optimus at, at one point says like, let's roll, which I'm fine with that because you know, we're, we're still close enough to post nine 11 jingoistic Americanism where, you know, that, that gets a pass. I'm fine with that. But right. then at some point also he says, you know, roll out or let's roll out or something, but he never actually says the phrase Autobots, comma, transform and roll out. And yeah. I I remember being kind of sore about that. It's <laughs> it's it's so dumb. It's so dumb to even say out loud now. But I I was like, you know, okay, wait a sec. So they give me a a one shall stand, one shall fall that that was completely unearned, but they can't give me a transform and roll out. What are we doing? You know, I, I just remember <laughs> yeah. that that's just kind of like weirdly jarring when when uh when sorry actually said transform and roll out i'm like i don't think you could do that <laughs> like i i was I, I was watching a um a live stream i don't remember if it was PulseCon or one of the fan first fridays but like you know mark uh one of the designers as he's talking about like the figure it's like oh and here's how it transforms and i'm like i don't think you could say that i think like a uh uh there, there's like a hasbro sniper with a with a gun trained on you it's like <laughs> right. you gotta right. say anyway no it's just i mean it was a really long walk for that but no it just it just really um one it threw me off because of what she said but then also i like when you can have light on your feet moments fun at the character's expense i i like yeah. when you can take the piss out of something so iconic because you know transform and roll out that's like you know kind of up there is like a top tier optimus prime line yeah. and for her to say it so mockingly um you know from from a child it's uh <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun and and i love Optimus's reaction to it. He's like really defensive, but he's like, oh, I don't sound like that. <laughs> and <laughs> right, I, right. I just, I just really like that because it kind of, it kind of reminded me of kind of like some of the big dad energy you get from G1 Optimus, the, the, the Optimus that would, you know, uh, uh, play basketball and yeah, more contemporary versions of Optimus prime have kind of, focused on like the super serious super earnest um uh, interpretation of the character they kind of forget that he's also just kind of like a goofy dad and right right, right. there is that version of him for sure for sure 
and and I and I think this version that that David K again breathes uh, wonderful life into, I think really kind of touches on that because it, it seems like you know he's badass when he needs to, but almost in a in a um, in the key of Peter Cullen, he is strong enough to be gentle. Yes. which is I I I'm so yeah. I, I'm really excited to see more of great this. Optimus. Yeah, th- I I love this version, and I'm I'm very eager to see more. Yeah, I was. Uh, so also, if I can touch on the uh, sorry rescue one last time, yeah. um, I was hoping you maybe picked up on this, but there's a great moment when uh, you know she gets thrown over the edge. That's not a great moment, but <laughs> but I mean when when. Uh, Bumblebee and Bulkhead come to her rescue. There's a total like Colossus Wolverine thing, right? Because because uh, Bulkhead actually throws. Oh yeah, the fastball special. Hell yeah, that's throw. right. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that has to be a nod to that moment, right? Like Bumblebee's almost oh, kind of Wolverine colored as is, and then you have the big bulky metal guy. I was like, perfect, perfect little nod in there. That that's rad. I didn't quite uh, connect those dots, but you're absolutely right. Um, one one of the other things I like is that in um, again I'm fixated on it since Ryan Jett said it in Autopod Decepticast. But there's a lot of instances of the Transformers just being cars. Um, yeah, you know, so it's like you know they're they're driving around a lot, and I do like that. Is when Optimus chasing Black Arachnia, he is just stomping around on the roof. I'm just like. Just be a truck drive, 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 you know, that, that you, you could probably drive faster, but I, I do like though, that they, they show the uh, consequences of giant robots tromping and stomping around. I mean, you know, he's doing damage yeah. to these rooftops as, as, uh, as he's running around in that, in that um, uh, pursuit, which is a detail that, you know, could easily be overlooked or, or forgotten about. Um I, I like I like when there's um that there's care given to uh casual property damage, you know, uh, uh <laughs> you know, collateral damage, if you will, like uh um you know, because like again, you know, like you see like the big Marvel movies and stuff like that, and there really isn't a whole lot of consideration given to like a superhero fights, but something as subtle yeah. as like a transformer smashing a, a rooftop as they're as they're um on the pursuit is uh, is um uh welcome. Right. You know, um, just to touch on that real quick, I also think too, um, there's something sort of relatable that that maybe transformers don't always know exactly when they should turn into vehicles. Like that adds a lot of humanity to him too, because yeah, we as a viewer can go, Oh, he should be a car here. He shouldn't be running, but you as a person don't always make the exact right choice. I mean, to switch modes or to like, you know, it, it is a matter of, to them, it's a matter of like physicality and, and instinct. And sometimes that just doesn't come up. You're too distracted by something else. I mean, how many times of the day are you like fighting to like unlock a door carrying something? And it's like, well, if I just set this down, I could walk through this door. You know, I, I feel like it's something like that. And it sort of adds like a, like a human element to these big robots. I, I love that. It, it might not be as apparent, especially like in an intense uh, emotional moment like that, where it's like, okay, well, I need to, I need to chase this, uh, the, this character down and figure out, uh, uh, what's going on. Um, yeah, I really like that. Totally. Um, one other random thing, and I, I, I totally, uh, skipped missing this earlier. Uh, but one of the things that, that I really 
loved and it's just a little bit of sound design but like when sorry is trying to uh wake bulkhead up using the uh the all spark you can hear the engine turning over cool because <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't know if i've 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 heard an actual uh, uh, starter motor uh, when trying to reignite a transformer before. I, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I think they actually do that um, in the fourth live action movie. When you see sort of the beat up Optimus at the start of the movie, when he coughs, it's almost like a car turning over a little bit. That's they kind of right. worked that in. I always thought that was pretty clever. I was I was kind of uh, distracted by the Marky Markness of it. Right, right. You were still all funky bunch up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then and then uh, then he wanted to murder everybody. Um, so right. that's uh, that's that's yeah. Anyway, so um, so as a as we close out here, because I, I it looks like we're getting close to our um, end time here. Um, uh, final thoughts, final observations, anything that we may have uh, missed in terms of like themes or Easter eggs or. Um... Yeah, I think we I think we covered quite a bit. But yeah, there is the, you know, the finale moments where it sort of ends on like, you know, it's not necessarily like a traditional cliffhanger, but there is that moment of like there's something left hanging between Optimus and Black Arachnia. Um I, I think it was just a really cool, it's a really, I don't, obviously you don't have the luxury of watching this episode within where it was, but this episode like really broke the mold of like the, or the formula of how the show had been going, you know, all of a sudden it's this weird like flashback thing and we're introducing black arachnia. And then it's sort of this really personal story. They didn't involve any of the other cast. There's no star scream. There's no, other, you know, this is just a very personal story that kind of ended up being about Optimus and Alita. And we sort of see that uh, that's how it ended. Like it didn't end with like a funny joke or a laugh. It ended with, you know, her on this sort of rooftop being sad, tragic character. And I think that was just a really kind of bold choice. Yeah. And, and I wonder, I mean, now again, folks will know this, but I don't, I wonder if what the future consequences for Sentinel would be. You know, like if he learns what's become of Alita, who Black Arachnia is, you know, if if that ever kind of comes back around because it it is kind of the foundation of the rift between Sentinel and Optimus. Um, yeah, that that would that would be interesting to kind of. Um, well, it's good. Pull- to know, it might be put you at ease to know. I was wondering that myself. That's something that's something that rewatching this, I'll be really excited to see because I honestly don't remember uh where where that landed so i'd like to i'd like to see if that if that plays out as well well and i think it'll be especially interesting for us for our project um you know because now that i've seen this episode you know because it'll it'll kind of fade into memory uh when we come back to it to like see what kind of like cookie crumbs are there because it seems like the writers of the show are very smart about foreshadowing and seeding things and nothing wasted. Even like you said, like, you know, you can, you can tell that there's tension between Sentinel and Optimus right from the jump, but they don't necessarily tell you why. And it's not until episode nine that, uh, that, that you even really get to see that, um, origin story displayed.
displayed. So I, um, again, thumbs up. I, I'm really excited to dive into this version of Transformers because it, it feels it, we're kind of going through a phase of G1 fatigue. This, um, um, you already said it best, and like it, it feels like at once a love letter to um, all of the, the lore up to that point of Transformers, but also doing its own thing and then also slinging a little bit of mud in the eye of what came before and kind of taking the piss out of, out of some stuff, which totally. all of which I, I, I really appreciate. I think it's one of those things that kind of gradually found its audience and folks like me, because of folks like you who were there at the start saying like, no, that you might not think it's for you, but I promise you it is for you. Yeah. Give, it, give, yeah. give it, give it a shot. And the more that I see the, the more I understand it's like, yeah, this, this is something I definitely want to um, chew more on. Well, that that's good. Cause uh, you know, a, it's my favorite episode of the whole show. I'll let you know right now, but I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you liked it because I was kind of thinking this is sort of a terrible episode to start with because uh, it is kind of its own story. It, there isn't a ton of nods to like the original movie or the original series, you know, and even the lore they borrow is sort of borrowed from Beast Wars a little bit. So I'm glad you got like a good impression off of it because it's not a it's not a great um, maybe it's not the best like uh, piece of the whole. You know, when we're talking about the themes of of Transformers animated and some of those nods to the original uh material well and to that i i would say that this probably is actually a better stronger episode for me to start with because it is so standalone it kind of stands on yeah. its own and it, it it gets me to think about how referential things i'm mean, like i don't necessarily need to sustain on easter eggs and references i don't i don't necessarily uh need that to live like i'm i'm currently in arguments with some of my friends about andor the the new star wars show a few episodes is like well the references there's no easter eggs i'm like yes exactly and it's great you yeah. know it's like not yeah. not everything has to tie back into nudge, something nudge. Else. there's 3po like <laughs> exactly and and yeah. so i kind of found that refreshing and whereas with this i found it refreshing more as like a a cool remix like yeah. like this this is a, a a whole new interpretation on black arachnia which is still um faithful in a way to her characterization to where it's not like it, i'm gonna fold my arm like hey wait a sec but then when she really turns on the 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 sultry energy it's like okay that's fine that's fine yeah. <laughs> you know it's like I'll, <laughs> right, right. I'll, I'll i'll say like i'll allow it through folded arms um <laughs> I, I i like this version of the character though i i think i yeah. think she's a she's a really cool character yeah it's cool um so uh so before we part ways for now and and again we're uh we're gonna get into this uh hopefully by the end of the year because th this is the 15th anniversary of uh transformers animated and and um you know we we lost uh derek wyatt earlier this year so we we really kind of want to get this project going before the calendar closes on 2022 uh but it, it'll probably be winter time um uh, but, but yeah, we're, we're definitely eager to get into it. So if, uh, you know, again, let us know what you think you, you like this, you don't like this, uh, you know, what, what are you looking forward to transformers anime 
and then a uh, salty G1er who's uh, doing it for the <laughs> very first time. Just uh, uh, let us know what you think. I am on social media at, uh, at Mike Seibert Radio. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and I'm pretty active on all those equally. Um, or you can send me an email, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling is S-E-I-B-E-R-T um, to get a hold of me. Uh, Michael Andrews, if folks wanted to get in touch with you, how would they uh, do so uh, finding you on the internet? Yeah, well, uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Michael Andrews, and I don't have as many outlets as Mike Seibert does, so that's where you can find me pretty much. Um, I also write books sometimes. So you can go check out those. I have links on my Twitter profile. So check them out or don't. <laughs> but please, but please <laughs> so, do. I just moved into a new house. Yeah. Uh, so, so real briefly on that. So like, can, uh, is the coming of mage saga available again? Am yes. I, am I, Am I able to get my two mage too furious on? Yeah. Oh, I, actually, that's a good point because there was a time when they weren't. But yeah, the coming of mage, uh, the entire saga, uh, two whole two books is available now. And actually, I just recently uh, published a third novel that's not related to uh, coming of mage at all. It's its own standalone sort of like dark, spooky detective story. Pretty good for the season. If anyone wants to check that out called it's called uh, Gone for a Spell. Nice. And, and that's out now. You've that's you've done now. published it. Yeah. Wow. Where, we are live. Way to bury the lead, my friend. I know. So, I'm, I'm humble to a fault. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, buy my books. Oh, by the way, I just put out a, a whole third novel that I've been working on for the last couple of years. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's just no, kind of no there. Just whatever. Yeah, just check it out or don't. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to the <laughs> no. But- <laughs> But uh, but no, th- this this was an absolute blast, and I I uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, because you know trying to get this out before Halloween times I think is going to be a lot of fun for folks. Give them a flavor yes. of what this uh with what this dynamic will be. We'll I'm sure we'll listen back to the tape several times and make several notes about <laughs> yeah. you know what works and what doesn't, and kind of refine the project. And then yeah, hoping uh, to launch sometime um, before uh, before the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I think, I think with that, um, if, uh, if there isn't anything else, I think that that will wrap it up for this, uh, uh, special, uh, soft pilot presentation of two Mike's too furious. Uh, my name is Mike and my name's also Mike. And until next time, tell all or one, make good choices. Bye. I- all. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.